0: This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Go Wild. Go Wild is a social media platform designed for and by outdoorsmen. Go Wild is a place to connect with other outdoorsmen, find fishing and hunting tips and tactics, and you can even research and buy your gear. Join hundreds of thousands of other hunters, fishermen, and outdoorsmen and experience what this community is all about. Download it today at DownloadGoWild.com.
1: Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith and Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate,
0: this is the podcast for you.
1: Welcome back, guys. Land and Legacy Podcast here. Adam and Matt. Matt's on yes, the road, sir. so if you hear a little background noise, you know what's up.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hope everyone's doing well this week. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, I'm, I'm I'm, slowly getting there, Adam. I think that you are too. There, you, know, you, you and Chad talk about later, on, or I guess on the other podcast this week, um, there's just so much going on that it's sometimes mentally tough to get ready and into the mindset of season, but I think we're going to try and do that a little bit this week on on this this podcast
1: yeah yeah uh you know one thing about our podcast we don't talk a ton on hunting scenarios or or uh, ultimately gear gear is one thing we don't really talk on a lot we've done a few podcasts in the past but um we uh we really like the broadhead the great broadhead debate that's occurring right now is has not really been a part of our our message. Um, but as we get closer into hunting season, we do kind of shift, at least on one of these podcasts, to talk more about the hunting because that's a big part of why we do what we do, why we get paid to do what we do, and why we enjoy the outdoors as much as we do is kind of the the top of the iceberg as, as being... Um, either spring turkey season or fall archery season and that's kind of the peak for for a lot of people of the overall enjoyment everything comes back to that um And so here we are
0: and it's a it's a good time too i know we talked about last year we had a really good podcast um talking about like transitioning into the idea of, of this is a herd management season and you could still improve property and make changes and uh you know in, it really increase your opportunity and say over a property what's happening in the population dynamic during hunting season it's not just chasing things with antlers on their head and i think adam you've got you and chad talked about that this week too it's like we can use this to to um manage and, and basically hit other objectives on a property yeah. so it's herd management season just as much as hunting season
1: yeah we can't I, forget that I think that's a big that's a big one right now and in, in my experience is the years you know I talk about it in great detail over on the other podcast but really a, a lot of a lot of people and I've been guilty of this a lot is our whole season is devoted on the the, the buck that we're hoping shows up and then, yeah, um, we drag out the whole season of going. Well, he never showed up, and and we left that that whole season. We didn't manage the herd, and we didn't do any work on the farm because we didn't want to possibly bump the deer that wasn't there anyway. And, and so to me, that's, you know, uh, as we're going in a fall, I can't emphasize that enough to, to our listeners is just cause it's hunting season doesn't mean don't do the work just cause it's hunting season. Yep. You know, you can do habitat work and you can also, most importantly, you need to do herd management work. Um, And, and I mean, uh, we've got a podcast coming up on this, but one of the big things is obviously thinning out antlerless does. But then another thing you can be doing is working on, and and I almost don't even like this word because it causes such a big picture definition when it's a very small thing that we're talking about, is culling. Um, and really, ultimately, what we're trying to do is find those bucks that are mature that we may not necessarily want to put our tag on, but we're trying to get them killed because... They're very aggressive or they're, they're one of the main bucks in this food plot. And you can see how aggressive they are to some of your younger bucks who were already nicer. And it's like, we want to get, we, we want to make sure we take them out. And, uh, you know, that's kind of a, something our, our friend Seth Harker tries to do. Um, there's a and, lot of other people that try to do, um, and, that's and are, are great. really, really, uh, effective at it. And that's one thing that you know, we tried to do last year and dad said, Nib, not the buck I want. Um, <laughs> so that's Nicky another Joker. thing you can do yeah yeah so but,
0: but at the same time like that's that's important and, and that's more of like a, a herd like social dynamic yeah factor even even opposed to just the overall population dynamic that we man, we just cannot forget about and and under I think some many people just undervalue the, the implications of that um, on the whole system. Yep. And, and that's where this all gets tied back to um, there's, there's, it seems like there's a category almost of like land management and then wildlife management when really it's all one and the same. Um, and, and, and this is kind of into the aspect of being able to have our control based on seasons and regulations of that wildlife management aspect of it. So don't, don't forget that even though you're a landowner and trying to improve the habitat, This is strongly correlated with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, One thing I want to point out before we jump into this week's topic is the discount code FALL on shoplandandlegacy.com. F-A-L-L, just like one of our favorite seasons of the year, FALL. And that's going to give you $12 off the camo hats in our store. So we've got the whitetail deer conservation cap uh, with first light fusion camo, and then we have the wild turkey camo hat in the first light cipher, um, and we've got a handful. We've got more turkeys than we have deer hats in stock. So, if you're uh, if you hear this, you want to jump on it quick because there's a handful of the deer ones, and I don't know. There's a good a good uh, amount of turkeys, but use the promo code fall, and you get twelve dollars off. Uh, one of those hats or each of those Nice. Hats. so
0: per- perfect for getting into hunting season I mean, they're both meshed back as too correct uh-huh. so they're early both season back. is
1: yeah. wonderful yeah so um and that's just kind of a thank you to you guys as we get ready to go into fall um uh, giving you a pretty good discount on the hat so um also do to do to do, do i think that um that was pretty much all my major announcements oh one other thing getting into the fall um one of our partners helped make this podcast possible, Vortex Optics. Um, if you use promo code Legacy twenty in the apparel part of the store, so that gets you twenty percent off all the apparel in at vortexoptics.com. Uh, dot And you know, you think Vortex Optics like oh, it's rangefinders are going to have a few hats. They have almost like a they could almost have a storefront in a mall for the amount of clothes that they have in yeah. that place. I mean, you got great jackets, pullovers, hoodies. Um, obviously t-shirts. I don't think a day goes by that I'm not wearing a Vortex t-shirt. It seems like because they're right. so awesome, but um the hats, socks, stocking caps, all kinds of different apparel. So use promo code LEGACY20 and uh and get you 20% off. All right. Um jumping in Matt, this is kind of your topic. You're you're the one to yeah. come up with this as we're kind of wanting to start easing into the hunting season. Um and we may cover a lot of other stuff coming up before it actually opens up or before we really get sure. going crazy. But this is one of the this is kind of an ongoing question that we get in all factors of what we do. Uh, yes. when it comes to the apps, the phone apps that we use. Because if you've ever been with us on a if a client's listening, they know that we're on our phone a lot. And I and I almost always tell the cl- the client, "Hey, I'm not on my phone texting my wife or whatever. Like I work off my phone, so don't look over here and think that I'm Facebooking because I'm working <laughs> off of my phone." Uh, hey, bro, I'm
0: scrolling right. Just don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, that, that's that's uh definitely a, a hot question we get through social media or just you know in in the um, uh, dealings with with folks and, and it's. All about like how how to make the determination or what's the best resource to be able to determine weather forecasts for should I hunt or should I stay home should I should yeah. I go to the tree stand or do I need to select the blind this afternoon or do I yeah. just stay at home um, or, last week's
1: or ahead. do I decide to go and do work on the farm instead yeah. of hunting that was something Chad and I covered uh, last night certainly
0: certainly. Um, and did you guys talk about like the fact that like deer and wildlife, you know, we talk about keeping all these areas secure, like, but they, they tolerate chainsaw activity and a lot of more disturbance than we actually think.
1: No, we didn't talk about that particularly. We, 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 we just that said at that, time, you know, when we covered the, the whole, um, when, when you cover, uh, whether or not you should do the work and and looking at it from a if you don't do it now you're going to wait till January and then you have to wait yeah. till the next September and October and November to actually see the results. So do it now and uh, you won't get that you don't have the huge plant response but you still have the the woody structure and the vegetation and the the trees still have leaves on them and they'll hold those leaves unlike a tree that loses its leaves in the That's fall right. and then you cut it down. So you know if you if you cut a tree down and uh that still has its leaves on it'll hold on to them for a lot longer than than the trees that are just um that just lose their leaves during the fall
0: yeah for sure and we can get into that that topic of disturbance and what they tolerate in in another podcast but but they're we don't give deer enough uh we give i guess we give them too much credit they really tolerate work disturbances really especially pretty well, if so. you're
1: improving the habitat and improving the cover like yeah if you're running yeah. a chainsaw it's way better than than probably what your neighbors who haven't ran a chainsaw or cut only a little bit cut the mid-story out in the yep. in the winter and they didn't cut the actual canopies so there's not enough sunlight to provide the plant response yada 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 so
0: right yeah anyway. no that, that's uh basically go out and do work so, so these these apps are, are uh kind of what we use for determining what activity um that that we are going to do accomplish in a, in a given week um so adam i know that your your schedule is it's very busy um both working and family life and everything and now with the having the aspect of um having cattle and managing rotating a herd and whatnot, like it's even going to be even more limited to time of hunting and in the field. So Mm -hmm. being able to determine ahead of time, what is quality (laughs) um, and having that forecast available to you is super important. And and same thing, we try not to um, overhunt areas. So, so even, even, being like I'm I'm now fifteen minutes away from um, the lease and so I have more time to go and hunt but that doesn't mean I'm just going to go and hunt more. It's 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 ticking the quality day. So so these two apps we're gonna talk about um, both are, are good and, and we may have more I and mean, you might throw in another one that, that you use. But we are looking for specific things such as the ability to have like an hourly weather table to be able to show what transpires on a uh given time frame throughout you know a 24 hour period and not just the day what's the high the low and the wind direction like we we need more information than that to be able to determine what is going to constitute as a good day or a bad day so something that gives you barometric pressure gives you the wind speed over a time frame opposed to that general speed and direction they're just direction on a given day. Yeah. Um, so those, those. What are some of are, the things?
1: What are some of the things? If you were to rank them out, um, that you're looking for most importantly in a weather app, that's provided to to then gather your hunting strategy. So yeah, temperature for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Wind speed, absolutely. Yep. Relative humidity, absolutely.
0: Yeah,
1: barometric pressure absolutely what else
0: i i like to look at almost make this like personal comparison of the seven day forecast and then to like the hourly and make the comparison of of okay not only do i want to know just generally okay is it cooler during that time frame uh, or during that day but like why what's happening when is this weather front coming in i need to understand how long it's going to be present so i need that like seven day forecast but i also need the timing of these fronts to be able to make the determination if if a front comes in in the middle of the night versus you know sunrise that makes a difference so so having that factor uh, of being able to look at things again over a seven day ten day period as well as that hourly aspect is super uh, super important to me to make that determination of, man, what am I doing? When yeah. am I gonna do it? Am
1: Absolutely. I gonna sit out in the
0: morning or am I gonna go hunt in the afternoon? Which side of the front do I wanna hunt on? Or which wind does are we are we getting a wind switch like middle of the day and we don't see that show up unless we really dive into the details of, of that day? That's yeah. important.
1: Uh, to me. That's a great point because I think of like if you were to if you were to just take a uh a 3-day weather forecast and it's early season because that's what we're dealing with right now or soon to yep. be as as season's opens up. If I have a 3-day forecast, I would want I would want the coolest day of those 3. If yes. I have a 7-day forecast, I would want the one where it's like, "Ooh, that day's different than the rest." Yeah. And 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 if you took if you took that okay, that that best day in the 7-day forecast. Let's say temperatures are average um 70 as 75 as the high and 58 as the low on average for that 7-day, but one of those days the high is 63 and the low is 47. I like that day best. Yes. But if during that 7-day period the highs are sixty three and forty seven, and it's all about the same. Then I don't love it as much as I loved it when it was the oddball.
0: Yes, yes,
1: and yes. and I see that a lot. Like even in the fall, or even in even in the late November or early November, if if I'm just seeing if you the thing I love about the app I use and you use is you can see the line graph. And if the line graph is relatively, it got it's got some highs because of the daytime, and then it's got little lows for the nighttime, highs and lows, and it just kind of goes a slight zigzag across. I'm kind of going, nah, this is yep. not. I like seeing those drastic changes because those drastic changes create those weather fronts where you get different wind wind directions, and it on and it kind of shakes up things to where I feel, in my experience, deer move. Deer predictability and uh, is a lot better when you can see those those major changes like yeah. like the story of donuts i mean and and just because it's the october lull and i say that with air quotes um the october lull is when, when is the october lull matt like define it for me <laughs> what is the october lull it, usually it's
0: essentially Essentially, Some... the the time period when it just gets hot during October, which could yeah. be at any point. There's no like set range of us. Oh, generally, the 15th through the 18th. Yeah. No, it's just like it could it could be the 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th. If it's hot that week, someone's just going to call it the October lull.
1: Yeah, it's it's sometime in October when deer stop moving because it gets really warm. And it doesn't mean they stop moving. It just means that moving to food plots is probably lower. They yes. they're hanging in their beds longer and moving more at night because it's too doggone hot. They have a winter coat on and we have summer-like temperatures. Well, yep. if that's the case, then you just base your hunting strategy around where they're bedded during the day, and that's a whole nother podcast. But the October lull, you know, typically is sometime in our in our world. It seems like it hits more in early to mid October. Well. Uh, October twelfth and thirteenth, a few years ago, we had the the first big cold front of the fall, and it actually brought the first heavy frost of the fall. And yep. it was like, even though it's October twelfth, let's let's check and see. Oh, you know what? There's a drastic drop in our line graph happening the night of the twelfth. Let's go hunting that night, and let's try to hunt it. You know, in a in a in a course of a few days was like let's try to hunt right before it and then right after it, um, and that was the night I missed donuts. You know, 193 yep. inch buck on the on the Whistling Woodlands Ranch. So um that kind of is like okay, you know, even though it's early October, that that drastic change in the in the weather is what I'm keying in on. And so for you guys um, that have limited time to hunt. Ah oh, man, I just like I uh, I th- I feel like where I'm at in my life so many guys can relate. Your your time is limited. You got other things going on. It's hard to really get in the woods as much as we would like. So when we do go to the woods, let's make sure that we're picking the very best days. If if you can go once every 2 weeks, then pick the very best day. Of those two weeks, and if you can only go on weekends in the two weeks, so you have four days, pick the one that's the best, and start studying, and say, okay, well, where you see that drastic drop, then, then that's the day to go, and and honestly, if it's and if it's only going to happen once in the morning, then then save your afternoon hunt for another time, yeah, and stop yeah. burning out holes or burning out stands just to go because you had a small window of time. Because I, I'm, I'm, I say this so confidently now based on my experience that if you would just pick the best days and not go just to go, even though in the grand scheme of things you would have less days in a, spent in a stand, the quality of that time in that stand would be much greater than just going to go.
0: For sure, for sure, and, and you kind of touched on a couple things that I want to reiterate is the consistent weather of 40s at night, 60s in the the 60s during the day. That consistency um, doesn't create spikes in activity. If you have consistent weather patterns across a multi-day time frame, you're going to experience roughly the same type of movement identical movement from one day to the next and and that's good um you know consistency it sounds like oh i I want consistency but what you really want is is like turbulence or change in what's happening throughout each and every day you want spiked um
1: Absolutely, you want those spikes. You want the. I think we lost Matt for a second as he's traveling, but you want those spikes because, like, uh, for example, um, I see this in in my experience where I would rather have those spikes that would bring in different wind directions. Um, For example, I know the dreaded southeast wind is. Something that so many people don't plan for, they don't set up stands for. They um, or if they do, it's a it's a small number. Um, I would rather have a front come through and give me a southeast wind than than a front not really ever come in. And I'm talking about a good front that's actually changing temperature, it's changing um, atmospheric pressure, it's it's overall just changing things up and um and by doing that if it gives me a southeast wind who cares i'm i'm happy about it because it gives me a change in um in what's going on uh, on my farm so i i know that we all dream of the northwest wind or we dream of the west winds or the north winds and and that's kind of the the growing trend i mean guys i can't reiterate enough that matt and i have been blessed enough to work in 30 states now and Almost everywhere we go, the prevailing wind is never something out of the east. It seems like everybody says, "Ah, that's probably from the southwest, or it's from the northwest, or it's from the north, or it's west. Nobody ever talks about the southeast winds. And here on our farm, um, southeast wind is, in the last four years, has become the dominating wind. For whatever reason, that's, that's the wind that really we get a lot of. And... So we have just as many southeast wind sets as we have northwest winds. Um, I mean, just the way it works, we have a lot of southeast winds. And a lot of times what happens for us is we'll have a cold front blow through and quickly the day after we're starting to shift back to southeast winds. And in that time frame, we got the cool temperatures, wind shifts, we're back to a southeast wind. It doesn't bother me. I just like seeing that change in temperatures I like seeing those cold front blow through, because I know that in that it shakes things up. the the lukewarm or the 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 stagnant weather patterns. Even if even if it's cooler, let's say it's a below average temperatures for two weeks, I don't. Uh, if it's there, you are back, and you need to switch that back over to your to your phone. You you just you just fell off the table mat, and I just picked it up and ran with it. So, um, I, I I basically was saying, you know, when it comes to the cold fronts, I, I I would rather see a cold front come through and give me a southeast wind, which is like the dreaded one, than no cold front at all or a cold front for temperatures to stay the same for five days and it'd be nothing but northwest winds, I don't like that. I, I want to see the ch- the the wind tables shift. I want I want some northwest. I want some west. I want it to switch over to southeast. Two days later I want to switch back to northwest. Two days later I want it to be southwest. And uh and so all that coming into play, um, that's that's a big part of what I'm looking for. And so um we lost Matt again, guys. I, I don't know what's going on. He and so here we are um the, the, the weather app of choice for both of us is Wonderground. It's a free app um, on the app store. You can get it almost anywhere. And it's it's called Wonder Ground. W-U-N-D-E-R-G-R-O-U-N-D, w- Wonder Ground. And it's a great, great app that we use both in Fire and hunting and then just every day you check in to see if we're getting weather front so it's got radar it's got it all uh, that that we're looking for it's it's got it so you know you plug in your address and then it automatically give you different things and there's some things even matt just taught me recently of how to utilize this tool um, the best and so for us what i'm really looking for is uh when you open it up you can you can look at the radar look at like current conditions um and and i'm doing this all up my phone i think you can use it on a desktop i don't know if i ever have if i'm using weather on a desktop i'm using a different source um and then you've got daily forecast hourly forecast and then all the way down to sun and moon which is another thing i'd like to point out here are you finally with us matt
0: I'm, I'm back. I had a little technical difficulties there with this phone service, sorry.
1: Where are you at I'm, now I'm, uh, in the world?
0: I'm through the St. James area right now.
1: And where are you headed?
0: I'm headed back to the house.
1: Oh. Okay. Were you dropping your brother off in St. Louis? Yes. Oh, I thought he flew into Springfield.
0: Nope, unfortunately not. Gotcha. No, so we'll we'll drive before
1: it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was when you said you were dropping off at the airport early, I was like, Okay, cool, you'll be back back home by eight, nine o'clock. And then you said you were driving, I'm like <laughs> I don't know what happened, but you sure drug it around in Springfield, but never mind. Um, yeah, no doubt. Gotcha. Okay. So underground, uh I was just telling them about about that and, and kinda jumping in. Yeah. So um one of the quick things I don't know the thing that I always jump for especially this time of year is the daily forecast. And so it goes out yep. it goes out 10 days I believe or maybe just yeah 10 days and um uh, and I'm looking at the the rain chances. And if you pull up that you can see the the zigzag effect where it's just And as you as you scroll through, you'll see it just go doop doop doop. It'll rise up during the day and drop down during the uh, at night. And in all that, um, it's very if you if you were to base a hunt off of this, if you were to base a hunt off of this week, I would be very upset with with the weather forecast because there is really no difference between today or ten days from now. Wednesday the 15th, actually the opener of Missouri archery season. There's really nothing different. Uh, You go from, uh, I'll just read out the highs, 89, 80, 81, 85, 89, 90, 92, 87, 85. The day that stuck out was the 80-degree day. Okay, well, what's the low? The lows are... 60, 61, 55, 56, 62, 65, 66, 68, 65, 63. So obviously that 80 <laughs> and 55 is the best day, but it's not. It's not great compared to the others. And it's not even season yeah. yet, but that kind of gives you an idea. Out of all that, the coolest day is this Wednesday, two days from now. Yep. Yeah. And it's not it's even stagnant. It's it's, and that's exactly the word I said on a seven day forecast. I don't like lukewarm. I don't like stagnant where it's just the common theme. And so yeah. as I told them, Matt, and I don't even sure what all, but even if there's a drastic change and it gives me a Southeast wind, I'm happy about it. Even though it's yeah. the dreaded wind Southeast doesn't scare me. I like them. Um, and because my farm, I have, I have the ability to set up with Southeast winds pretty well. So um. Yeah, I I I'm looking at that, and and that's kind of when I look at the line graph. I'm really just looking for a a major change in the in the line graph of of a, a pretty good drop. Or what I like to see is whenever you hit that peak one day and it starts to drop as the sun goes down, the next day it never really climbs back up. It just continues to drop or kind of level off at that low. The high for one day is what the low was the day previously. That's the day I like.
0: Yeah. And I also look for the compounding variables. So what I mean by that is is if you have these changes in weather, temperatures, so these swings, that means there's usually a front of some sort. So pressure is going to be changing as that's happening as well, so it's not like oh that's just good just because the temperature changes well there's other factors that are moving and changing as well and, and then you usually get a a wind direction change or a wind direction i mean a wind speed change on that those days too um, where where you have this more turbulence or turbulence or or bigger temperature drop so it's these compounding things that all add up to wow, man you're going to respond to that. Yeah. Um, out there and, and and move differently because of it at yeah. different intensities
1: other thing I like in this line graph is relative humidity so early in the season, humidity comes into play for us pretty significantly um, basically mean you know, how much moisture we have in the air and and so I always combine that with wind speed, um, which is also on this so if I have high humidity. And low wind speed, those are days I'm skipping no. out on. I hate them. I, I'm just like, nope, I'm not going to sit in a cloud bank and let my scent just fall all around me. I, I Adam, don't.
0: Yesterday, yesterday or two days ago, I hung a set, and obviously it's still September, low wind speed, high humidity. We had rain the day before, and so that night it never, the humidity didn't leave. Next day, mid-morning, I went and hung the stand, and, and, and the canopy, full lease coverage, just trapped all that hot air from off the yeah. ground and humidity. And 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 it was 15, 20 foot above. I sat in the tree stand, basically checked to make sure shooting lanes were clear, out there because it was awful. It was like you're sitting at the, the top of a bubble, and all the hair, hot air has risen. You have no wind speed to move that and get it away from your area. And we're asking deer who have amazing noses to come into that little environment a 30-yard distance circumference around you, no way that's going to happen on a on a very regular basis in those specific conditions, especially early season. Absolutely.
1: Ah. Oh, yeah. It's just like a disaster to even try it. Um, so, And I don't care to hunt high humid days as long as the wind speeds up, but they don't happen that much. Usually, yeah. if it's... Because if it's really windy, a lot of that air or that front is getting pushed out. And so it's not just wet, damp air sitting around. So, But if it's over 10 and still at 80% or higher relative humidity, I'm fine with it depending on the situation, depending on the stand location. But I don't get... I do not set. And I can... I almost... I, I try to fight saying absolutes, but... One thing I can almost guarantee is I don't hunt days with a less than five mile an hour wind speed and high humidity and higher temperatures yeah. because it's just, it's like I'm wasting my time. Unless I'm trying to shoot does, and I know I've got a spot where I can go and thin a couple out, I'll do it. But I'm not sure. chasing a target buck in those conditions. So this this hourly graph is awesome. Um, Matt, why don't you talk a little bit about the... Um, the current conditions part that you like really well.
0: Yeah, so so when you open up that app and you you're immediately looking at okay what's what's happening outside uh, right there real time um, that that temperature. So so the kind of interface of that app it tells you the temperature, it tells you the wind speed, and a little compass to tell you wind direction, um, and then below that temperature tells you like the feel like. And, but it's kind of surrounded by a little bit like a, of a bar graph, color graph, to show you intensity of, of the heat. Um, so what, what, what you can do there, once you see that for your given area code, is it doesn't seem like it's a button, but tap that temperature. So let's say it's 75 degrees out, hit 75, and it will pull up more detailed information regarding that area's barometric pressure. It will tell you more about the relative humidity. It will tell you more about uh, whether it's rising or falling pressure. Uh, it'll give you more information regarding the, the rain percentage chance. And then if you you could look at all that, determine again what's happening um, right now, current current real time. And then on another note, you go back to that same interface and you hit the uh, rain percentage chance. It'll pull up when is that rain over the next like 24-hour period, kind of in a line graph situation or orientation tell you that as well so that kind of in a quick snapshot easy to get to it's right there um kind of one tap way you open up the app pulls pulls it right up tap it once and and you have all that information displayed at you to kind of again compare contrast of of what's happening now versus what's going to be happening in in the near future um so it it allows you to make those kind of quicker second second uh decisions whether you're Looking at your, you're at lunch on, at work or something, you're like, do I need to go this afternoon or not? That's, that's kind of what I pull up and, and make that determination.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's all great points. Hopefully can help people because I know sometimes when, when you haven't really gotten kind of the grasp of what all to look for, it's easy to go, okay, there's the weather. I can look at the line graph and see the rise and falls of the highs and the lows. I can see a difference between this day and that, and then barometric pressure. And that's when, if you're looking at barometric pressure and you follow it, you follow it well, and you can see, okay, there's barometric pressure. That's kind of the range I like. I like this temperature range, and I like this wind speed, and I like this relative humidity. I like this cloud cover. And all that aligns, you're like, whoa, You have like three days each fall that's like, that's the killing day. And so then you go, well, if I've already, okay, that's the killing day. And there's the wind that I need to kill out of those stands. But I've already hunted them three times during early season. You go, oh, I might've really already messed up my fall before it really even got good. If you think about yeah, it like and, that, and, and that's what I think most people, including myself, have done so many times in the past, um, that really, you got a few days to really make it count. And if you're hunting your good spots, because that's the only real spot you have for that wind, that's when you can create problems.
0: And and when the other important factor in that, too, is a lot of that, you could overhunt areas, if your access isn't good, and we get we go down that road in another podcast, but when you when you have clean access, maybe three times it isn't burnout spot. Maybe it takes more than that. But but I know for a fact if you're going in there on poor conditions and your access is bad. Yeah, that that stain could be pretty much toast, and just experience a lot of day uh day. Excuse me, nighttime activity opposed to to daylight and so there's there's a lot of these factors that kind of go into it but at the same time some of it's once you get the the gist of it uh, of how these factors and variables influence deer movement um it it all makes sense And, and another way to kind of let's say check yourself to make sure that you do know um you know how how much play or variance there is with have like for us we use the CuddyLink link system but if you have cellular cameras you can look and know how much activity there is each day on given weather conditions because you're updated daily but if you're pulling a card you really go back and look at previous weather um, from from you know six days ago wow it seemed like a lot of deer mood that's hard to get to that's hard to find um, kind of that historical saved information so here in this time frame of, of having the real-time information, and real-time photos of what happened that day, it gives you that sense of, man, they, they moved a lot, or, yeah it's just normal. Well, maybe it was normal because nothing changed drastically in the weather. It's it's it, <laughs> that, that kind of gauge of, of temperature, I mean, excuse me, the gauge of how much activity is actually happening out there on, on a given property.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm almost to the point now, uh, that I would say that if you're basing your hunting strategy off of trail cameras that aren't cellular, you're you're really shooting yourself in the foot um, because the information is unless you're checking it very frequently. But then we can talk about how checking trail cameras very frequently can definitely overpressure a property. It uh, yeah. depending on where you've got your trail cameras up. I feel like if if you're just running normal, pull the card, go back and check and see what's been moving. That's a, in my opinion, a bad way to base a hunting strategy. Um, wouldn't you agree, Matt?
0: Yeah, I, I just it's more or less reactionary, and and you're it's it's information to have, but it doesn't allow you to plan as good or as well as having real time information at your disposal. Um, we've, we've specifically targeted and hunted deer based on the previous day's movement or the previous five days movement, um, on, on a given card, or maybe, man, that buck showed up in that area last night. Let's go in, hunt between those two bedding tickets in that saddle. hope there's an encounter with them or there's a harvest with them. I think, I can't remember the name of the buck that you killed uh, a couple of years ago. Um, but, um. That, that was a similar situation. Showed up multiple times in a saddle on a scrape. It's like, well, oh, gosh, that, we can go hunt that deer like yeah. tomorrow. The conditions are right. You and Chad went in there. You harvested the deer. And I think like the next day, same thing. Uh, it was early November. We didn't know where um going to hunt. We we're like, well, let's see what happens uh, overnight on tailings. And a good deer was in an area. And I went in. I think the, I think the next morning. And, and harvested what we think was the same deer on, on camera, just yeah. circling in a setting area. It's like it, you don't get that if you don't have that information readily available to compare and contrast with the conditions of can I get to that stand? He's in that area. Can I get there? Can I hunt it? What's the wind be like? What, what's the all these other factors? Do they line up? Do they make sense to have an encounter? And, and all of it's based on general probability. Yeah, but uh, it, probability it makes a difference. <laughs> like, you yeah. mean, I don't I, I, a twenty five percent chance versus a seventy five percent chance. That's a lot. And I'm going look at it like this:
1: percent. you've got a a probability with the weather patterns. So just you know, based on if, if you're hunting with with the weather, it's all about probability. Are they going to yeah. move based on this weather front? Are they going to move around my food plot based on this weather front? Um, okay, that sounds good. But with pulling the card trail cameras, that's defensive hunting. You're you're it's reactionary hunting. You're you're basically yeah. seeing a history and going, okay, how do I hunt based on history? Knowing it's a wild yeah. animal and he may only be there once that fall. But that's a history hunting. But if you combine the two, it's still it's 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 very hard to to be unless he's a really good pattern on the history, it's really hard to, to be successful in that. But if you combine that with probability hunting and the weather fronts, knowing he's in this area because based on your history, okay. Yeah. That, that sounds that that's much, uh, that's leading to more success. But if you combine that with, you know, habitat, not to give a little pitch on habitat improvement here, but it it comes in crucial going, Okay. Trail cameras, if you're using those cards and you're going, okay, he's in this area of the farm, and then I have this dense pocket of bedding that's maybe two acres, and I've got a weather front that's coming, and it's October 20th and later, November 1st, then I have a really good success rate if I can go in there and hunt the downwind side of that bedding area. That's what I would like to see. For sure. Yeah, well, so.
0: and and I was already going to take it a, a habitat route because this is not just a weather app type deal. This is a, this is how everything gets back into play. All these elements, but essentially, we're talking or, or your your situation right there was was discussing one buck, right? When I'm talking probability. I, I'm I'm talking about the opportunity if you have good herd management, great habitat on good weather days, I don't want to see one buck. If if they're good days, we should be experiencing, if all of these elements are being worked on and improved, the herd dynamics and the habitat, um, the defined features on a property and good weather days, we should be experiencing multiple bucks doing very similar things if all those elements are in place and you're choosing those days to hunt. It's not just a, well, that's, that's the one buck kind of, kind of deal. Maybe he shows up this year. Maybe he doesn't kind of like the podcast down that you, you and Chad recorded. Man, man, this is, this is the stuff where we want good days, tons of observations because it's all working in sync with one another. It's not just, I've got this element or I'm in a good area. I'm in a good neighborhood. So, I'll, I'll leech off and and just kind of get lucky at some point during the year. Something's going to yield a result. No, yeah. again, high probability, confidence that it's going to happen here on these conditions during this time of the year because this is what deer need and this is how they move on the landscape. That's I want the probability to be almost to the point that I'm certain of it. That's yeah. that's that's what I'm. I'm not satisfied and setting up a property, consulting-wise, or hunting a property until I'm certain that that's going to happen, that's almost right. to the point of certain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I can't predict the future here, but at the same time, I can feel I can feel very certain and confident that these situations are, or um, these scenarios will play out because of all the factors that are at play here.
1: That's right, yeah. Yeah, and I think that hopefully pretty well gives guys a good idea of of the the three spears of predicting a, a successful hunt. You've got your your history or your trail cam observations of knowing, and it could be visual observations like y- y- your eyes. You yeah. you watched, and then you have your habitat layout, which is another huge factor in my opinion, more important than then the then the observations with trail cameras or eyes glassing them with binoculars and then you have the other side which is the weather front you got to have the weather to get them on their feet to to then and you got to have the buck that's sphere 1 you got to have the habitat that's sphere 2 and then you got to have the weather to put him on his feet more likely uh in in range and that's kind of the three-headed but, yeah, monster and, and that we're and, trying to navigate through
0: yeah, and to increase all that probability of it happening,
1: and and I want sure. to make a clear line in the difference in in habitat in going that if you haven't done the habitat management and and a lot of outdoor television hasn't shown you what you can do with habitat management because what they're showing you in the, in an outfitter is you know a food source or a lot of acres that they manage the hunting on it standing crop standing crop that other people haven't done but you haven't seen most people haven't seen deer respond to a well manicured habitat program where you have the diversity within the forest or the old fields and all that coming into play most people haven't got to see that and once you do you're like that i'd rather have 400 acres managed like that than 2000 the another way that's just nothing but food plots and so that's uh that's hopefully something that people are working towards because i can promise you once you've spent a rut uh, a fall hunting a property that has dense cover like bedding thickets or edge feathering on bigger food plots where they're coming in on the on the side of the food plot that you're setting on your access is laid out great you it's like you haven't even seen it's that a, world in a barrel yeah you haven't even seen that world um so yep. anyway guys we appreciate you listening each week and um uh, we'll be right back here next week as we get right here closer to Missouri archery season.
0: It's Kyle right here around right the corner, guys. Appreciate you listening.